We are back for another episode of Automatic, and this time we are officially in March. Let the madness begin. And Steffi, I know both of our schedules are crazier. I think you are on a busier schedule than me, but I don't know if we could get much crazier than how things shook out this past weekend, especially on the men's side. <laughs> this is the beginning of madness and it wasn't even the beginning of March. And this just showcases once again, just how crazy this season is going to be. I mean, how excited uh, for everyone that loves college basketball, right? For March. I mean, holy shit, because not only is it uh, my birthday month, which I never celebrate by the way, but um, March Madness. Uh, yes, I, I did. I so hold on a second. B-Day. Oh, well, of course it is, but why are you not celebrating your birthday? We got to know about this. I don't, I don't ever celebrate birthdays. I never, I never have. Why? Birthdays are big deal. I just, I've never liked to be the center of attention. So I never, it just wasn't for me. So I never, nah, okay. I'm good. We, we got it. I usually will work. I usually will work and not even tell anyone, so no one really knows it's my birthday. But, you know, I was just okay, but throwing so it out there. we need to know the exact date. What day is your birthday here in March? The 29th. 29th. The 29th. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. So we are going to make just sure. Just before the final four. That's right. So usually the final four is my birthday, <laughs> birthday like, treat. What a way and to celebrate. And this year, it's going to be great. Yes. This year, I already know. Um, I, we could talk about the six, you know, the six teams – um, the top six going down and maybe your favorite, I'll give you mine. Um, just because, you know, I was at Notre Dame this week weekend. I had a very eventful week. Um, this, the past three weeks, I've been home for three days. Um, I've just been living out of a suitcase. I'm five pounds over. I'm heavy right now. Like not, you know, water weight traveling. I, I'm tired of eating like shit, but it is what it is. You got to get through. We're, we're, we're in March. Hey, we're almost to March. You're dedicated. You can do it for this month, right? This is oh, the month of yeah. anarchy. That's what it I'm, is. I'm getting off. I'm getting off a little sidetrack, but I was I was in South Bend, right? And uh, you know, I try to eat at a nice place. You know, fish and a salad. And 20 minutes later, I'm at Taco Bell. I, you know, I just can't eat enough. I just can't eat enough sometimes. Okay, so um, on Thursday, I had Gary Blair's final home game. Um, and I watched part Reed of Arena. that. They named that was they fantastic. Named Gary Blair Court. Yes. Oh, uh, it was emotional the whole day. Everyone was just up and down, up and down, and um, really cool to be a part of. Uh, felt like being a part of history. I mean, think about people that have their names their their names on a court. K. Yao, Pat Summit, Coach K. Wooden. You know, Gary Blair now. So. That was Thursday. Head over to South Bend for a real thriller, oh. I thought. Uh, Notre Dame-Louisville, top 15 matchup. Okay, so uh, this leads me back to the men's game. So the head coach for Notre Dame is Neil Ivey. Her son is Jaden Ivey. Oh, my goodness. For Purdue. I totally forgot about that. That is right. Most people don't make that connection. So yes. I'm watching their practice, and their SID um, sitting next to me, he's got Purdue's game um, against Michigan State up, and I'm like, Holy cow. Neil has no idea, right? She's running practice that it is a tie game, 30 seconds, and Jaden has the ball. Yes. And, you know, we're we're watching the computer like, oh, my God. You know, and he's uh, when that game came down to the buzzer, you could see her uh, pause for free throws and to, to see uh, what the score was. And, you know, she was obviously unhappy about it. But that was 
you know, that was a thriller to watch, you know, Tom Izzo at Michigan State, you know, bringing down Purdue top four team. I mean, that was the one that I had my eyes on and was most closely related to considering Neil is her son is Jaden. I mean, he's a lottery pick. So uh, that was that was fun to be a part of. But, and, and also Kentucky losing to Arkansas. Arkansas has come on. Um, as of did we not talk about this to start? We did. did I, not, I was you, like, listen, you were the Arkansas? one who said it. Yes, about Arkansas getting hot late. The Musman, Bill Musselman. He just uh, excuse me, <laughs> that's his dad, Eric Musselman. Uh, <laughs> but he just continues to somehow get these guys to play, and that actually yeah. is player from Arkansas is player of the week for me, and that's JD Note. Just what he was able to do. I mean, he's absolutely unguardable, or at least he was uh, against Kentucky. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous. And he had a great game previously on the road against your Florida Gators, unfortunately. 22 points and was it six rebounds and then 30 points and like eight assists against Kentucky and had 18 points in the first half. I mean, he was, again, unguardable. And this was a guy who's second in scoring in the SEC right now, but also – he was almost a considered a, I shouldn't say an afterthought, but when he transferred from Jacksonville, he was not like a lot of teams were going after him. And what he's been able to do at Arkansas, six man last year coming off the bench, played remarkable. And now, I mean, he's one of the top players in the SEC. And one of the reasons why Arkansas, they've won 13 out of their last 14 games, Steffi. I mean, that's, yeah. they're on a run right yeah. now, they're peaking. And they can be a dangerous team in the SEC, especially come tournament time. I, I just I watched them earlier on. It just it wasn't all clicking, but the pieces were there. And so I just I I, I really like uh, Eric Musselman. Yeah. Oh, he's he's a bus He's a he, first of all, ball he's of in energy. the sling. Yes, so he I is. I got respect. Yes. Yeah. Hey, you I've been there three times. Yes. <laughs> when we did our podcast, you were in a sling. If you remember that. Oh, my God. Yeah, it yes, was. Yes, yes. was the original podcast. The original podcast. Yeah. Going back OG style with Rich Take on Sports there. Yeah, that's right. So you can definitely empathize uh, with Coach Musselman there. And now, I also was texting you, and I knew it was bad form, but I was doing it while you are in the middle of the game, of that Louisville-Notre Dame game. Because <laughs> I, okay. I know how it is <laughs> when you're in the middle of the game. But I couldn't believe the score, Steffi. At one point, it was 43-4. to four. Louisville was up on Notre Dame. I was just blown away. So, I mean, what was it like there live? I mean, was it just ridiculous in terms of, like, you can't even explain that? How is this happening right now? Um, being there, first of all, is a great at- atmosphere. We had Jerome Bettis in the house. He's getting his finishing up his degree um, we had Skylar Diggins. She was in the house. Uh, Mike Breen, he was there to write a check before the game. So it was, it was packed. Yeah. Oh, you and had some stars. There. I, oh, oh, we had some stars and you know, this was an ESPN two game ready to roll. I was hype. I have never seen a shellacking like that. <laughs> the first 20 minutes. I don't think that I've seen a team play better. This includes South Carolina. I mean, they've, you could argue they've had some some 20 minutes that you go, oh, how the hell do you beat them, right? But I'm watching Louisville in the first 20 minutes, and I think it's at 51 to three at one fifth or 41. I don't. I lost. I lo- stopped looking at the score yeah, honestly. I, I was get just it. trying to figure out um, 
how we're going to, you know, how do I break down when there's nothing really to break down? I mean, Louisville just didn't miss. I think they shot 90% in the first quarter. <laughs> oh my and Haley Van Lith, she hit like five threes. I mean, she's one of my so favorite players. It, it, yeah. And got into a little shove match, which, you know, I'm always here for that. Yes. Um, I love the emotion. That's, I want to see some of that. Yeah. Yes. I have no problem with it. Yeah. I don't no either. Problem with it. Um, uh, I think, I think actually Notre Dame played better after they had a little scrum. Um, but it was, a, it was unbelievable, Rich, to be there. And someone just absolutely knocked the socks off of another team and in front of a home crowd that was just, they were 13 and 0 at home. They had never beaten two top teams, two f- top five teams in the in a season, which you'd think Notre Dame, Muffin McGraw, I know. championships. You, you had a thought that that would have already happened, but um, it was, you saw parts of it. I mean, it was rough, but Louisville, shit, they can win the tournament. They, they can. can win the whole thing if they play like that. I, I My favorite player, I, mean, I know you like Haley Van Lith, but Emily Engsler came over from Syracuse. And let me tell you, I, I made the reference on air about if I got lost in the woods, I'd want her with me because that girl, can. she's going to build us a boat. Um, she's going to build us some safety and shelter. She's a Swiss Army knife. She yes. can do, literally, Jeff Walls is not calling plays for her. She's She goes out and gets like 20 and 15 and five assists, four steals, like just completely flying under the radar. And then and I finally got to see her play, and I was like, oh, I get it. I'm If I'm in the woods. I'm taking Emily. She's I need Emily with me. Yeah. Was that your yeah. first time at South Bend? Second time, but it, it had been a while. And just before we went on air, I had a gentleman come up to me and bring me eight bags of chocolate. So the the oh, <laughs> hospitality I gotta hear this in story. South Bend. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Albanese. Albanese, uh, it's, I believe that was the name of, they've got the best gummy bears, they say. And uh I can confirm. And you can confirm. Very good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So me and Tiffany Green have a gigantic bags of chocolate as I'm leaving South Bend to fly home last night. Um, but it was, yeah, it was it was crazy. Uh, Louisville looked really good. And, you know, Jeff Walls is a damn good coach. Yes, he is. And when they shoot like that and they defend, it's going to be an interesting ACC tournament between them and uh, NC State. And I just want to remind people, Notre Dame was number 14 in the country. Like, they beat NC State. They beat North Carolina. That's why I was so shocked. That's why I had to text you. I was like, oh I had people apologizing to me, thinking that it would have been a better game. And Neil Ivey addressed the crowd, you know, afterwards because they they had so many people there. And she she was emotional because I knew she, you know, she was a point guard for them, All-American. And I think that she was just disappointed. They played better in the second half. They had to play. They had to play better. Um, So it was, yeah, I... it was definitely an interesting thing, but it was fun. And when you're in an atmosphere like that and you have a really good team that's just playing really well, I mean, you can admire it and enjoy it and be a, just be a part of it. And I liked, um, you know, all the atmosphere. I, can, I can't get enough of that. So Well, and I would have expected you to get candy for sure when you were there uh, with Gary Blair, because I know he loves passing out. I got candy, candy from Gary. Yep. <laughs> yeah, of course. I actually got one of his coins. Oh, his, fantastic. Uh, That's a memento coins. right there. I, I hated that yeah. he had to go against South Carolina that last game, because good gosh, again, South Carolina, they just look like they're going to be just continuing on a roll. And they're the team that I've said that I think they're going to go undefeated the rest of the way and win a national title. I mean, I, they might have some competition, but I just think they're head and shoulders above everybody right now. 
I don't know, after seeing Louisville, Rich, you think about a team that can really defend you and uh, the way that, you know, he's got depth. Uh, he, he talked about, he's you know, South Carolina's the best team. They've got the best player in Aaliyah Boston, yada, yada, yada. But, like, come March, you know, it's you got to be the best team on that one day. That's right. It's and that that's what day. it's all about. And it's really hard to take take South Carolina over the field. I mean, we could we were talking about Gonzaga last week about they were not going to lose. Well, hello, oh. St. Mary's. <laughs> exactly. St. Mary's. <laughs> exactly. No, no one wants to be number one, I, I guess. It doesn't um, seem that way. T- tossing around like a baton. And not only, as you mentioned, Gonzaga losing, but they're actually seven of the top ten lost, and obviously the top six lost. But even that top six losing and seven out of the top ten, that's the first time that's ever happened in college basketball history. I mean, so... Saturday was a historic type of day. Now, all of those teams also lost on the road. And so that's a big component of it as well, is that you have these teams traveling and how difficult it is to win on the road. And even if it is against, you know, like a St. Mary's uh, for Gonzaga, that's still a tough place to play. And I, I think that was yeah. showcased, you know, this this past weekend. And one of those teams is my team of the week that got a – home victory, and that's Baylor beating Kansas, being able to obviously have that revenge that they suffered that big loss uh, against Kansas earlier in the year. And they had also just come off of the overtime win on the road against Oklahoma State. And Baylor right now, even with the injuries, no LJ Cryer, no Jonathan Chamwa Chachwa. They're still somehow figuring it out right now. And Scott Drew is really getting them back on track. That was another Quadrant 1 win for them, and that's 11 Quadrant 1 wins this season so far, and that's most in the country. So I think there's a situation now where Baylor, they're probably right there at that cusp of going to be slipping back up to that number one line. And, you know, we had talked about my automatic of the week last week was that those four top four seeds with Gonzaga, Auburn, Arizona, and Kansas, I felt one of them was going to be knocked off and – Hell, it looks like two of them have been knocked off. I think Kansas has probably been knocked off. And then I think for sure Auburn has been knocked off now uh, with that loss uh, on the road at Tennessee. So uh, it's crazy. I know. Watch out. Tennessee. (laughs) Up and down Tennessee, just like the women's team. Yes. You know, they were in it with with LSU. We're down by 18, came all the way back, lost by uh, one possession. Uh, That's going to lead me to my team of the week. It's going to be LSU. You know, what Kim Mulkey has done, Rich, granted she walked into a team that had talent. I, it, we can have this debate at some point. She might be the greatest coach, the most winningest coach Ooh. as of now. Um, you know, I, I was talking to a, a Power 5 coach, and I guess he was really crunching the numbers about, like, if you go back and look at all the wins, who they beat, where they were ranked, and I believe it was the year that they went undefeated, Brittany Griner season 14-0. I think Mulkey and Baylor beat 24 teams that were in the tournament on their on their schedule. Wow. Like 24 of their loss or wins were against teams in the tournament. That's insane. That's impressive. She only lost, she only lost um I believe two to three games as a player, won two titles. I believe she has an Olympic medal. 
she's never been the Olympic head coach, and you can you can wonder all across the board why that hasn't been the case. Oh, she's I, very outspoken, yes. not necessarily well liked, right? Yep. That's fine. She's got three as a coach. Correct me if I'm wrong. Three, Baylor. So there's much to be said about Gino, Don, Tara, Vanderveer, but Moki, like percentage wise, you can you can make the case. Like, is she the best right now coaching? Taking over a program the way she has and how she has LSU, I think a surprise right now. I mean, again, you mentioned it. Yes, she had some talent, but was she going to be able to come in there and help put it all together? I don't think anybody would have predicted the success that she's had here in the first season at LSU because I, I I didn't see this coming. Not only that, so you know, I think that I think it's great for our game to be able to debate who's the best coach. You know, Don has got back to back. I mean, you can, we can talk about Don all day, and we can talk about Gino as Paige Beckers is back, right? Yes, and then Tara Vanderveer on the West Coast, um, and and what these coaches have been able to do. But I think Mulkey. Um, you know, you love her or hate her and, you know, some people hate her, but a lot of people love her, <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's right. <laughs> and selling out the PMAC, which had been non-existent for the past, I don't know, six or seven, maybe eight years. Um, you know, they were averaging like 7,000 people now and they come to watch her walk out. It is a, it is an experience now. I'm stoked for her to do the whole thing when we go up to Nashville for the tournament this week. Um, so I just think, you know, they to be, to be picked finished, I believe they're picked finished eighth, kind of middle of the pack in the SEC, finished at number two um, was absolutely extraordinary for her. Uh, they've they've got to be my team of the week and just what they were able to do. Um, and they're not deep. They play six or seven players. That's it. Well, they're talented. So six it's a or lot seven, of coaching. That's for sure. Yeah. And isn't part of the definition of great is that, you are polarizing that some people hate you and some people love you. I mean, isn't that how we view sports teams as well as the dynasties? You either love the Chicago Bulls or you hated them. You either love the Lakers or hated them or the New England Patriots love or hate Boston Red Sox love or hate Yankees love or hate Dallas Cowboys love or hate. And I think that's even you look at the men's side. There's a lot of people with coach Krzyzewski. They love him obviously. And then there's a lot of people that just hate Duke and hate Coach uh, K, because of, I think, the success and a little bit of they they want that type of success. So I think Kim Mulkey probably falls into that category as well. And she definitely deserves to be in that conversation of one of the all time greats for sure. Yeah, I think she's in there. I mean, she's uh, she has established that just with her resume, both player assistant and then head coach. Um and, but I think Don Staley's polarizing. I think Gina is polarizing. I think Kim is polarizing. Tara's more statesman, you know, like a ambassador for the game, kind of like Gary Blair. But nonetheless, I was just thinking about it because heading into the tournament, you know, once LSU, we, you get Mulkey teams, then you got Mulkey versus Don. And how fun <laughs> that's going to be. Yeah. Those are some uh, um, going to be real interesting interviews that I have to do. Yeah, you ready um, for that? Yeah, I'm ready for it. Um, <laughs> All right, so what's your schedule? Tee them up. Yeah, what's your schedule then? When do you get up to Nashville? I'm flying out in the morning and uh, have practices until about 8 p.m. And then Wednesday, pra- uh, two games, 11 and 1, and then practices after that from 4 to 8, and then four games, 
Thursday, four games Friday, semis Saturday, championship Sunday, and I'm doing some studio after. So I'm not going to be alive. No, you're not. So make sure you text me. Yes, I will. But there's there's <laughs> things, there's three things that I always get by with. One is a morning workout, a must. You have more energy after you work out, contrary to belief, right? No, 1,000%. Two, I have to get mine in the morning as well. I already ordered my meals. I pick them up when I land. I'm good to go. So I've got me. I've got meals. Okay, so I've got no more Taco Bell in. then. No guarantees. <laughs> Look, I never eat fast food. I was hungry. Okay? You did like, hesitate. I love that. <laughs> You're very honest. <laughs> um, and then a heater because it's we're in Bridgestone Arena and there's ice underneath there, so I got a heater. Very and I'm good smart. to go. Yes, there you go. Okay, you ready? It's thirteen it. games, five days, and it'll be. Um, it could we could potentially see Gary Blair's last game as a coach. Uh, we could see a new champion. We could see an upset, um, which kind of leads me to my player of the week and team. Well, LSU is my team of the week, but let's go, Caitlin Clark. I mean, shit, Rich. It's it's getting hard to you know. I think I still think Aaliyah. It, she's she's too impactful. She's too much to handle, but. We, Let's not let's talk about Caitlin Clark. I'm just gonna just say her points the last six or seven games. 46 points, 32 points, 19 points, 18, 29, 32, 38. But they're beating Maryland, Indiana, Michigan. Like these are top 10 to 12 teams. Yeah. And okay. Iowa does not win the, the Big Ten regular season without Caitlin Clark. Yeah. She's making a case. I mean, I think it's between Alyssa Smith. Caitlin Clark, Aaliyah Boston. I think Aaliyah Boston, just the dominance that she's had this year. But you, you can't ignore what Clark's doing. I mean, you, everyone sees the highlights. Agreed. And so the question it's, for you, <laughs> is Caitlin Clark the most valuable player for a team? Like, could you take, could South Carolina still be as good as they are? Could Baylor still be as good as they are? Or... Obviously, there's probably some degrees of separation, but I think if you take Caitlin Clark off of Iowa, I don't know if they're anywhere near the caliber of team that they are uh, without her. I think if you took Boston off of South Carolina, they're a top 15, top 20 team. You, you think about it, Boston, come, Boston comes out, Cardoso comes in. She's a 6'7 transfer from Syracuse. It's a cheat code. That's what I always say when she comes in. It's not even fair. It's not. Agree. <laughs> Take one All-American out and you bring a 6-7 in. Um, so I think they're still top 15. Uh, Baylor, top top 20 team without Melissa Smith. I think Melissa Smith might be the number one uh, draft pick. Um but I think if you take Caitlin Clark off of Iowa, they're not even in the top 25. Yeah, I don't think so Surely. either. No. I don't think – I mean, they're a solid team. And she takes and, – and look, she she puts up shots. Okay. Oh, she's not she afraid. She puts up shots. But, you know, the game where she had, uh, you know, 38, 38 points, her last game to upset Michigan, she only took 18 shots. It's not that bad. No, it's Think not. about it. 38 off 18 shots, not bad. So I think that um, – uh, there's been definitely a push for Leah Boston to be player there, led by Dawn Staley. She's advocating for her player. I don't blame her, and I think that she'll win it. But right behind her is a sophomore and Clark, and she's going to be a super. She's already a superstar, and I know people are waiting to see her in the tournament because then she's going to have a mega audience. That's right, a much know? bigger platform because I know Iowa yeah. just doesn't get enough love, you know, from a national perspective. But they will in the tournament, especially if she goes off one game. Uh, that will be, you know, somewhat of a highlight reel. And 
Speaking of highlight reel, Paige Becker's coming back. She didn't waste any times at least showcasing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that she's a damn good player. My goodness. And just the energy, the spark that you get to see a difference in UConn. And I think it's a big key for UConn to have her coming back. And obviously, I mean, it, it gives them a, a big advantage heading into the tournament. You know, the first ever college athlete to sign a sponsorship deal with Gatorade. I mean, when she takes the floor, I mean, I think everyone, but including her own teammates, get stuck watching her and the other team just in awe kind of, of, of what she's able to do. She's like, it's, it's, you know, she's so unassuming when you're watching it. She's not like she's super big or tall or like buff. Nothing. Nothing. But she just, she is just a baller. She just has it. She had, you know, like there's that it. I used to say this about Tebow. Now, obviously, everyone saw him running shirtless and losing her mind because he's just physically, uh, physically. Yeah, a lot of ladies like that. Not, not, not hard on the eyes. And, um, but with, but with, with Paige, I mean, you know, it's just so unassuming. To, yeah. Yes. It's like so unassuming. This girl about. And that's why I couldn't believe like the the pass that she had uh, that somewhat went viral. Uh, she's just dribbling yeah. up and she's, you know, three quarter court and just, I mean, it's a solid chess pass. Just, yeah. I mean, thread the needle to, uh, was it Christian Williams? Uh, Kristen Williams? Yeah, and, Kristen Williams. Yeah. yeah. And just absolutely amazing that she had the vision not only to see that tiny opening, but to be able to do it on the run the way she was. I mean, that's just incredible. Yeah. And that's what makes just, her so exciting. She has it. Yes. She had, I was talking about Tebow. He had it. She has it. And actually watching Van Lith, because Van Lith from Louisville, you know, her and Paige came in, but I think they were like one and two, you know, they were up there. Uh, Paige was number one uh, in terms of recruiting class rankings, but they do, they both have a like a, flash to them but also a simplicity to their game that you're watching that pass but she probably practices that all the time like it's not outside of her game like she's not trying to impress any she's just that's just what she does that's exactly which is the best part that's right that just comes natural to her she's just playing ball right yeah and that's what's exciting and so obviously this is another big I, i think opportunity for to create a little bit more excitement for the women's game to have a player like yeah. Paige Beckers come back, especially right here at March Madness as well. I mean, I don't think the women's game could ask for anything better to to have her come back. Can you think of on the men's side? I know there's been injuries along some of the top 25 teams, but someone who could get a player back is. Do we have anyone? Yeah, well, it depends on, your radar on if Baylor that's coming back. Yeah, it depends on Baylor getting L.J. Cryer back, and then okay. Kentucky. Ty Ty Washington has been playing just not 100 percent, and Severe Wheeler. Can he come back? And if Kentucky has both of those guards back, then again, Kentucky is a force to be reckoned with, but I just don't know how healthy they can be uh, down the stretch. And that's the problem for Kentucky. Uh, but out, outside of that, I think that's really uh, the only opportunity for you know any key guys coming back because Jonathan Chamwa Chachwa, he's not coming back. He's out for the season for Baylor. So it's all about can LJ Cryer come back for them. What what conference tournament are you most looking forward to? Oh gosh, that is so hard. Uh, I would say I'm probably most looking forward to 
And I'm an ACC guy, obviously, as a Clemson grad, but I'm probably most looking forward to the SEC conference uh, because I think it's up in the air. I really do. And as much as we've seen how dominant Auburn has been, it doesn't seem that right now they can understand how the one thing that they need to do on a consistent basis is get Jabari Smith the ball when the game is on the line, right? Hello. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, then, but you've got this upstart with Arkansas coming in. You've got Rick Barnes at Tennessee. And again, how they can slow things down in the defense that they can put on people, they can do some damage. And then, obviously, you've got Alabama that, again, they're a talented team. So, I mean, watch out if they get hot as well. I mean, there, there's obviously some teams that could create some havoc in the SEC. And so it's it's hard for me to see which of those teams is going to come out on top on the SEC side. What, what about the Big 12? Uh, you know, we've got Kansas, Texas, Texas Tech. I mean, are, are you – Do you think Kansas is a lock? I mean, how do you feel about the Big 12? No, I don't. I don't think Kansas is a lock. Uh, I I do think that Kansas is probably the overall better team. And that's because, again, Baylor's not at 100%. And I I think there's an aspect of Baylor, you know, had the crowd there at home. And so you had that type of energy that helped create a spark. And now remember in that game, though, on Saturday, it looked like Kansas was going to blow them out again. And then Baylor goes on just a big run and gets right back into the game and just continues to play really well there in the second half. But I think a lot of that had to do with energy at playing at home. And that's my concern about Baylor uh, in the Big 12 tournament where I think Kansas has a little bit more depth from that side. But again, watch out for Texas Tech. And don't forget about Texas. And as much as I'm talking about Baylor right now, too, we're recording this on a Monday and Baylor has to go on the road at Texas tonight here on a Monday night for Big Monday. So yep. it, they could fall flat on their face against Texas uh, as we're one day before March as we're recording this. But that's the beauty of you know all of these conference tournaments that I don't think anybody has it locked up. I would have to say, though, on the West Coast Conference, it seems like Gonzaga is going to do it. Maybe this is one of those situations where losing on the road at St. Mary's is that a little bit of a wake-up call and, okay, now get ready for the conference tournament because it seems like they're always able to respond really well after coming off a loss. Yeah. I, man, between, you know, there, it's just going to be stacked. We've got the, so many women's conference tournaments starting on Wednesday and then the men's as well. I, I, the Big 12 is interesting to me, just the Baylor can't. I, Texas Tech is kind of like Arkansas on the men's uh, in the SEC, right? That's a good analogy, yes. Uh, Yes, uh, that's yeah. right. I know. Um, yeah, I, I'm just and with the ACC. So that, that kind of leads me to um, my automatic of the of the week, Rich, is I, I cannot wait for all the spectacle that will be Coach K's final home game um, on Saturday against North Carolina. Of course, it's against North Carolina. Um, yes. the, but the, the priciest ticket so far. Uh, it, it sold seven months ago during a charity auction auction that actually benefited cancer research. It was like a, a gentleman venture capitalist named Michael Marks. He bid a million dollars for him and his wife um, to be there for that game, and obviously that those uh, that money will go towards the foundation. Um, so a million dollars to get the ultimate 
bucket list seat in the house for Coach K's last game. I think uh, that's pretty pretty awesome. That is absolutely I mean, insane. Yes. Yeah. And so we did not talk about this, but my automatic of the week is also Coach K's last game. Ah! Yes, it <laughs> <Yeah>. is. <laughs> because there's no way that Duke is going to lose this game. Coach K's last game against North Carolina. I know this is a heated rivalry. It goes all the way back to actually 1920 when they first played. And eventually they fought each other in the Southern Conference before moving to the uh, ACC Conference in 1953. And then Cameron Indoor Stadium was actually renamed. I should say it was used to be Duke Indoor Stadium. And so they renamed it Cameron Indoor Stadium for former head coach at Duke, Eddie Cameron, who, crazy enough, won a Southern Conference title in basketball and won a Southern Conference title in football as the head football coach also. So he did double duty. That's how they did it back in the day in the Southern Conference. But North Carolina came into that game as a 14-point favorite, number three in the country, and they're honoring Eddie Cameron by renaming it Cameron Indoor Stadium, and Duke wins on a last-second shot to upset number oh. three, North Carolina. And that was Now, Coach Bucky Waters was the head coach at the time, but fast forward now, there's no way that Duke's going to let Coach K walk off that court his last time with a loss, especially to North Carolina. So that's my automatic for the week. So we were thinking alike there, lady. Yeah. Well, I... You know, the average price right now for a ticket is around eight grand. <laughs> you want a nosebleed, you're looking at three grand. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's just going to be, uh, I know the coverage for ESPN, it's just going to be wall to wall and, um, you know, saying goodbye to a legend. Yeah, game day is going to be there for two hours before the game. So, I mean, or bef- yeah. Yeah, they're going to. I should say game day is going to be there for a two-hour show instead of their typical one-hour show. So it's... It's going to be madness there at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Yeah. I think that just, okay, so we talked about our automatic, but um, you you said that Duke won't lose that game, which I agree. I agree with that. Um, I'm, I'm talking conference tournaments. I think that there will be, of the Power Fives, two of them will be won by one seeds. Only two. Which means only two. Yeah. Um, and I think that the other three, I don't know which three, uh, will be will be uh, non number one seeds. So we'll see how that fares. Power fives, two number one seeds taking it all the way, and then three other ones are non number one seeds. Okay. Well, I will have to do my research for next week's episodes because the men's conference tournaments on the start the Power hours. Six they don't yeah. start for another week. So. I will make sure I have my predictions as well, but we will be watching your predictions for sure. Put Miss Steffi on the line as you will be there in Nashville for the SEC tournament. Well, that's it for us as March has begun. And of course, that means the madness that we love is here. And if you haven't already, please follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and let us know your thoughts by rating and reviewing. And as always, thanks for investing your time to listen. This is Automatic.